Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And out in the night owl, you're tuned in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews for professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... What is up, Buster Talk family? What is going on? Nightmare Jones here once again, Tuesday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, and oh my goodness, do we have a show for you tonight, and we are glad that you have decided to join us tonight and to listen to us. Uh, You guys are, are absolutely amazing. Tonight we got... The Hotspot segment, the Shooting Shout segment, the Best of Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, the Fantasy Wrestling segment. And if that's not enough, we've got Ryan Ash coming on for the first hour. And then for the second hour, a man that I got to see one of the, the many times that I've came to the Kansas City area, Dak Draper is going to be in the building, ladies and gentlemen. He is going to be joining us. It's going to be absolutely Amazing! It is going to be absolutely amazing, and we would not be able to do this without the supporters of the Wrestle Talk podcast. And so, what I want you to do is what I always want you to do, and that's take whatever drink that you got, whether it's beer, water, soda, alcohol, whatever it is, pour it into your Wrestle Talk podcast mug, because I'm sure everybody has one there. If you haven't, Go to the uh, com and take yourself a swig as we take a drink for the Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joan Renee. Ooh. I don't know if I like that or not. Ugh. Anyways, let's go ahead and bring in the man, the myth, the legend, the night out. Intro, Timmy, if you can hit that music for me. Show today, we're also going to do the segments that you guys all know and love. 
We're going to do the high spot segment. We're going to do the shoot and shout segment. And then at the end of the night, yours truly, the night owl, gets to live out a lifelong dream by going one-on-one with Dak Draper. That's right. Guy's always kind of made me upset when he's not being nice. He's always telling me, shame on me. So guess what? Tonight is my night, my gente, my people, to get vengeance on Dak Draper. He's going to face me in tonight's edition of the Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. And I'll tell you what, he beat me the first time he joined us on the show about two years ago, but not this time, amigos. The Night Owl is leaving episode 287 with the dub, baby. I'm walking out with the dub. All that said, Josie, I'm really excited about today's show, but obviously it wouldn't be a show if it wasn't for all the wonderful supporters of the Wrestle Talk podcast, including our wonderful sponsors, which includes our boy Jay Hollywood, Everything Combat, Conspiracy Farm. Those guys are getting ready to do a tour. Make sure you're following Jeffrey Wilson on all his social media platforms for more information on that. Secondly, you guys know we have the Virus watch parties anywhere in the Midwest, and they always happen at Esports Bar KC. 40 TVs, that's 20 PlayStation 4s, 20 Xbox Ones, absolutely beautiful venue, beautiful leather couches, absolutely pristine condition all the time. Esports has been a very, very loyal supporter of the Rest of Talk podcast, and we love them just the same. And last but not least, our newest sponsor, Jonesy. The fine folks over at Kincaid, and guess what? Last week, brother, we were able to give away the WrestleMania 1 through 14 highlight uh, uh, VHS to our buddy Marjo Kirby. As soon as it gets to him in the mail, I'm sure he'll take a picture and give us a shout-out. But congratulations to Marjo Kirby last week winning that WrestleMania 1 through 14 uh, highlight VHS video. And guess what, bro? We had such a fun time giving stuff away last week, Jonesy, that you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give something else away today, okay? Today, we're going to be giving away a TNA Wrestling Knockouts exclusively licensed trading card, guaranteed to have one autographed card in the box, okay? This thing here is still in plastic, and was initially issued out in 2009. So this box of cards has never been opened, and it's well over 10 years old. Taylor Wilde, uh, SoCal Val, ODB. Imagine an autographed card from ODB, dude. How freaking sweet would that be? Uh, Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, and I can keep going and going. There are many wonderful cards, and if you want to win it today, you got to do a couple of things. Number one, you got to go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go to the YouTube channel real quick. Just type in Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joan Renee. Hit subscribe. Call us. Tell us you did it. And when you call in, I want the fire. I want a hot take. That's right. I want a hot professional wrestling take. I don't care if you want to talk indie. I don't care if you want to talk national, international, professional wrestling. Go give us a subscribe on YouTube. Dial that number, 657-383-1521. And if you can call in with that fire, you're going to walk away with this TriStar TNA Knockouts collectible card set, guaranteed to have at least one autographed card in it, man. You really can't beat that. And it's all courtesy of our amigos at RetroZone, also known as King K. 
Arcade at the Oak Park Mall in Overland Park, Kansas. Make sure you guys go and give them a like and tell them we just shouted them out on episode 287 of the Wrestle Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. All that said, Jonesy, bro, I got to ask you, man. I know you've been very, very busy yourself, bro. But what have you been up to these last couple of days, man? I know you're working overtime trying to make sure that we're prepared for these Wrestle Talk podcast shows that seem to be getting better and better, bro, honestly. But outside of that, what have you been up to, Jonesy? Oh man, you know I've just been been doing my my my, my thing. I, I've been uh, watching wrestling. Uh, you know, last week I was I was actually able to watch uh, AEW wrestling, and 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 it's not bad. Uh, you know, it, it's something that that we're definitely gonna discuss on the high spot segment because something happened last night that kind of you know it it I could even discuss it on a high spot segment. But I could discuss it on a shoot and shout because. It kind of of uh, uh, ticked me off, man. It kind of ticked me off, but yeah. Bro, I cannot wait until we have an opportunity to talk about that. Guys, it never ends here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. It truly is about interaction with you, our fellow pro wrestling fans, because we're fans just the way that you are. And the reason we created this show to begin with is so we had a platform talk about professional wrestling because we do love it so much. Again, guys, that number is 657-383-1521, and we already have somebody on hold. So if you guys want to jump on and you want to talk to Ryan Ash, or you guys want to talk to Dak Draper, or you're trying to get in for the FWWC segment, my recommendation is that you dial those digits and you do it quickly, because really it is first come, first serve here on the WrestleTalk Podcast. All that said, ladies and gentlemen, this would not be a Wrestle Talk podcast episode if we didn't do what we do every single show, and it's where we ask everybody to respectfully remove their caps, place their hands over their hearts, as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth, and that's America, damn it. Oh, 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 oh say. For the land of the free. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Can I do a couple shout outs, Jonesy? Can I do a couple shout outs before we get into the high spot segment? All right, man, real quick. Shout out to Texas. Shout out to Texas' very own Chewy Martinez. Shout out to my man Marjo who, who won the uh, the VHS last week, the WrestleMania one through fourteen. Shout out to the MEW Midcontinental Champion, Big Country Matt Stockdale. Shout out Dr. Ison in the house. Shout out to Sunny Money Mayo. Shout out to my buddy Joe. What up, baby man? Hey, I gotta admit Joe's beard is pretty sick, man. I like to take credit as one of the illest beards in the game, but my man Joe, bro, you, your beard was sick last time I seen it, bro. Uh, and there's a bunch of other people that are watching right now that I can't, I haven't seen any comments or whatever. So make sure you guys pop in and say hello, um, because we want to make sure we shout you guys out as well. Oh, and Travis, thank you for being here as well, man. We love you guys. Hit the hearts, hit the likes, share the broadcast. And if you guys want to win this TNA knockout, uh, collectible card set with a guaranteed autograph, remember, 
hit subscribe on YouTube, dial that number, and I'll mail this out to you before the end of the week. How about that? All that said, amigos, let's go ahead and get into it, baby. We're going to kick off tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast High Spot segment, where we talk all things in the world of professional wrestling. Enter Timmy, you know what to do. Hit the music. goodness we got so much that we want to talk about and you know what I'm gonna go ahead and start it off so last night I got into kind of a debate on Facebook and what happened was somebody had posted a uh, article that Rusev was being replaced at uh, Super Showdown and a gentleman made a comment and said Rusev should go to AEW because AEW is better than the WWE anyway. And I replied that not everybody that leaves the WWE or is thinking about leaving the WWE is going to go to AEW because if that were the case, then AEW would be in the same boat that the WWE was in. People would be complaining that wrestlers weren't being used. And and I also said... and. Second of all, how can you say that AEW is better than the WWE if they don't beat the ratings of Raw or SmackDown? And, of course, they responded, but they beat NXT every single week. And I said, well, that's true, but that's also WWE's lowest-rated show. That's like saying that, let's see, what what, what kind of a reference can... Can 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 I make that's like saying that uh, I don't know what 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 kind of, of buttons, but it doesn't make any sense. And then he made the the point that he hasn't watched wrestling in over WWE in over a year. So once again I'm like, how can you have any input in what the WWE does if you don't watch it? Why do you care what the WWE does? And then what pissed me off when they was when he said that he is a true fan of professional wrestling because he likes AEW. <laughs> my, my, my. And, and I see that the uh, phone lines are starting to light up, guys. We're going to prioritize you guys. If you call in and uh, you hit the subscribe button over on our YouTube channel, you are definitely going to be in the running. Uh, for that collectible that we're going to be giving away. So thank you guys, and we're going to get you on as soon as possible. Let me go ahead and give you my thoughts, uh, Jonesy, and here's how simple it is. It's no different to me than religion. And, and go ahead and jump on this boat with me, guys. I promise we won't sink. And here's what I mean by that. The reason that many people come to this country is not only financial prosperity, but it's also religious freedom. It's not that different in the world of professional wrestling, amigos. How do you define a pro wrestling fan? Does a fan who never watches anything on TV and only goes to indie, are they not a real fan? 
Or maybe somebody doesn't watch wrestling at all, and they just love the old stuff, and they go back in the network, and they're watching stuff from the 70s and 80s. Our boy Jay Hollywood, anybody who's ever listened to him on the show, knows that he's a big-time wrestling fan. But does he watch the current product? No. Does that make him any less of a wrestling fan? No. Pro wrestling is a house of many different styles of worship, okay? You don't have to do it one way. So for someone to say to you, Josie, that you're not a wrestling fan because you don't do this or you don't like that is not only immature, quite frankly, it's flat-out disrespectful. The arrogance of some of the fans, and honestly, I think that it's been trickling down from some of the talent. The old, and everybody, and if anybody wants to disagree with me, I want to welcome you to, to join me in this conversation, okay? 657-383-1521. No matter what part of the country you're from, or really what part of the world, because for the record, guys, I'm very happy to announce this, close to 10% of our listenership is based out of the U.K. And I'm sure my friends in the U.K. will be able to relate to this as well. And here's what I mean, Joe. Here's what I absolutely mean. No matter what part of the country you go to, there's always some promoter that says, we are the only real promotion in the area. We are the only real company. We don't have this. This makes us better than somebody else. Or we do have this, and that makes us better than somebody else. That stuff is nonsense. Because you know what, bro? There's guys and girls out there that actually love, like, for example, backyard wrestling. Many of our favorite wrestlers are come from that aura, right? Well, they come from that, that, that background, I should say. But guys that are competing against them on the highest level will quickly trash backyard wrestling. CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, and even closer to home here for us, Fuego de Sol. All guys who have a history of backyard wrestling. Does backyard wrestling, if you if that's what you love, does that make you any less of a professional wrestling fan? I don't believe so. No. Now, nope. if we want to get into the semantics of whether it's safe or if it's a good influence on the sport overall, then we can have that conversation. But if I like that and not what you like, that doesn't make me any less of a pro wrestling fan. As a matter of fact, I would contend that if you're going against the grain like that, and you like something that almost nobody else likes, and you stick to your guns, maybe that makes you even more of a pro wrestling fan because you're not bowing down to whatever the majority is saying, right? Because when we talked about the cancel culture thing a few times already, so we're not going to go down that road. But what I'm saying, Jonesy, is, and I'm going to finish off by, saying, by, by, by making this statement, there is no true definition of what a professional wrestling fan is. As long as you either watch it, uh, listen to it, uh, purchase collectibles, tickets, whatever, on any level, even if you're just a guy that loves the video games, you can't stand it on TV, but you love the wrestling video games, you're just as big and, and as a credible wrestling fan as the guy who goes to every WWE show around the country, buys all the merch, and this and that and the other thing. There is no clear-cut definition and I think that the person that you were in that argument with, like I said, is immature and flat-out disrespectful. Those are my thoughts on it, Jonesy. Yeah, and and it absolutely was. And, and I probably should have stopped 
But I continued, and, and you know, I, I told him that I wasn't just a wrestling fan, but I was in the wrestling business as well. And you know, he he asked me what uh, what uh, flea market I was going to be working for, and I told him the uh, flea market that he's going to pay to see wrestling at. And so you know, it it got <laughs> it got 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 it got out of out of hand. But you know what? You'll move on, and we're going to move on because there's something else that's really, really, it, it, it's kind of scaring me, Renee, because there's been reports okay. that everything, that a couple matches from WrestleMania have been changed. Uh, the matches where you go, Roman Reigns against uh, Ray Wyatt and John Cena against um, uh, Elias. And the reasoning is because apparently from what I've been hearing, and I hope to God this is not true, they are talking about Goldberg very well may win the championship at Super Showdown. And it's going to be at WrestleMania, it'll be Goldberg against Roman Reigns for the championship. So Goldberg could be the person that defeats the Fiend. I really hope that that's not what, what they decide to do because... I feel that that is going to cause a lot of backlash for the WWE because everybody loves the Fiend, and if you have somebody like Goldberg, who is a part-time wrestler, come in and beat the Fiend, be the person that beats him, it's not going to go good. I'm afraid it's really not going to go good. Okay, well, you know what? We'll, we'll let one of the callers tackle that one, Josie, because you brought up Super Showdown, and there's something that I want to talk about. Okay, so let's go ahead and queue up the first caller. They can talk, you know, you, can, you guys can cover the subject that we're on, or you guys can talk about something else. That's what High Spots is all about. Again, 657-383-1521. My folks on the live stream, uh, shout out to Uncle Steve. Shout out to Joe uh, again. And, yes, hey, if you love Strong Style, bro, more power to you. Shout out to Lucha, who's also uh, on the live stream. Here's what I wanted to ask you about Super Showdown. I have a friend who will absolutely under no circumstance watch or participate on any level with WWE programming as long as they are doing shows in Saudi Arabia. Now, why that is, is because Saudi Arabia has a very, very soiled history of discrimination, not only against women, but of also... Uh, of people that have uh, a, a different sexual preference than what is traditional, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, they've shown that they uh, are more than willing to oppress opposers. And so from that perspective, there are people that are taking a stand against it. I remember the last show, we had a conversation about Daniel Bryan choosing to not want to participate in the show. We're now on the third visit to Saudi Arabia, if I'm not mistaken, and I want to know if there's anybody out there who was previously hesitant to watch this show because of it, and if you've changed your mind, and if you have not changed your mind, I'd love to know why. Why have you not changed your mind about watching it? I know that it ties back a lot to our political uh, outlook, but I'm curious. I want to hear from the listeners of the WrestleTalk family, and I want to know why are you choosing to watch it 
or why are you choosing not to watch it? And again, thank you guys for the thumbs up, the hearts, and especially the shares. Those help us out tremendously. Shout out to Daniel, uh, Missouri in the house, Wisconsin in the house. Always good to have you here, brother. Love you to death. But anyway, that's well, kind of where I wanted to go with it, Jonesy. I don't know if you want to try to tackle it first, or are we ready to bring on our first call? I do. I do. I do. Um, here is the reason that I don't have an issue with watching it. Because if you watch any of the, the shows from Saudi Arabia, what is the one thing that you see? You see everybody having a great time. You see kids laughing. You see everybody is in good spirits. Everybody is having fun. And for one time, for a couple hours, everybody gets along. There's no discrimination there. Everybody gets along. And what we got to think of WWE is they are a business. And what is business about? Business is about making money. When they go to Saudi Arabia, they get paid a lot of money. And any business, whether, you know, it's in Saudi Arabia or not, if it's going to bring in money, a lot of people are going to be willing to to do it. I mean, but that's just my thoughts, and I'm, I'm sure everybody else has some different thoughts. So let's go and get on the first caller and see what, 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 what they think. Tank Westbrook, how's it going, sir? Doing good. How you doing, Joe? Good, good, good. So the question that we got is, Super Showdown, Saudi Arabia. Are you going to watch it, or are you not going to watch it, and why? Uh, actually, I'm not going to be able to watch it. Um, I work, but I will be able to watch it after uh, after I get off work. So, so you're all going to watch it? Because, so awesome. I, I probably, it'll be, here's, here's my thing. I'm trying to get that time to go around and watch it fully. I just, I can't watch it fully. Um, I see your point. I see everybody, you know, up and down, jumping and having a good time. I, I respect that about any wrestling sport out there. But I have an issue with, like, like I said, the political views. That's my, one of my biggest issues. But don't get me wrong, because I love wrestling so much, I'm, I still watch it. Because I, I am a true fan of the sport, um, so will I probably watch it from beginning to end? Mm, probably not. Will I watch, you know, beginning of a match to, you know, skip a little bit, watch the end of the match? That's what I'll probably end up doing. Okay. All right, well, interesting insight there from Tank. And what I'm taking away from this, Tank, and I don't mean this in a bad way at all, but it sounds like you're kind of indifferent. It sounds to me like the the the, uh, the, the political side of it that a lot of people are getting caught up on doesn't really matter to you. You're more interested in pro wrestling as a pure form of entertainment. You're not going to mix too much of your political views with what you're seeing in WWE, and I think that's very fair, and I think that everybody would be healthier if they didn't mesh the two. If you looked at 
at pro wrestling as strictly a form of entertainment, didn't over-politicize it and, and, and bought into uh, to any of the, 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 the rhetoric about it, I think you would be more likely to actually enjoy the show. But like you said, either side is, I don't think anybody's necessarily wrong, but I do understand those people who are hesitant to support it because of the track record that Saudi Arabia has. And, and uh, before we let you go, Tank, I'm going to read this comment here from our buddy Joe Bowman. Um, and I think it's interesting. I want to get your thoughts on it before we let you go, and then we'll bring on the next caller. It says, the biggest problem with Saudi money. What? I'm sorry? That's baby take. I hear a baby take somewhere. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's my baby um, in the back. So let me, let me start over. Let me start over. It says, the biggest problem with Saudi money, as far as the product, is they have too much influence on the show. If they want Goldberg to win, does he win? He will. Then they'll just take the title off of him back in the States. Now, that I have a huge problem with. Let the professionals write the stories. If because they're paying so much money, they're getting to dictate who wins and loses, I think that's a very, very bad business, and I wholeheartedly hope that that's not the truth. Tank, let us get your thoughts and, before we let you go, bro. I agree with you 100% on that, actually. Um, that is one of my things that, you know, I, I don't am – I, am I excited to see Goldberg come back? A little bit of me is saying yes, because he was an old, old-time wrestler that I grew up with. So I'm excited to see him come back for a little while. But the thing is, I don't want to see him with the title one. He's a part-timer, too. It's because I feel if he does win it, it's because they wanted that to happen, so they're going to pay extra money for it, and I don't want that to happen. Um, so that, that that's, again, that's my, my issues with them going over there. But at the same time, because I'm a fan of wrestling in general, I still support it. Love to go. hear it, man. Love, love to hear it. Great thoughts from you, Tank. Looking forward to hearing you from you again a little bit later on during the FWWC segment, man. We'll talk to you later. All right. Let's go ahead and get on to our next caller. This is a caller that, that, that calls in very, very frequently. My friend and your friend, Sonny Money <coughs> Mayo. What is going on? Hey, Sonny Money. What's up, gentlemen? Yeah, I try to call in as best I can. As Renee knows, I'm a guy, uh, my job requires me to work at night, and my busiest time of the night is usually when you guys fire off on WrestleTalk. But today I'm off, and I made it a point to my wife, my kids, my dog, my postman, and everybody else who would listen to me. Today's Tuesday. Today's WrestleTalk podcast. I need two hours for myself because I got to get into the sport I love, pro wrestling. But all that being said, guys, let's, let me jump into it here real quick. Um, I, I really don't think, and Renee, it's kind of how you're saying it too, I don't think that we should be mixing the politics with pro wrestling. And whether that's Saudi Arabia or Egypt or Canada or any country in the world, uh, we all love pro wrestling. We want to see the squared circle. We want to see competitors in the ring. We want to see a show. We want to see a winner and a loser. And it shouldn't matter what country you're in or anything like that. I think one of the biggest reasons why I love pro wrestling, and I think Joe and Renee, you guys can can back me up on this, is pro wrestling is one of those things in life where we go to it to escape whatever else is going on in our world. 
or in the outside world. And whether that is politics or health or family or money issues or whatever it is, I know for a fact every Monday night I can turn on Raw for two hours and drown out the rest of that crap going on in my world. You know what I'm saying? So, no, I'm going to watch the showdown. And, and and regardless of what's going on in Saudi Arabia, I hope it's a good show. The reason I called in, and I want to, and I know we're kind of running up against time here, and I don't want to make this too long. But the reason I'm calling in, and this might be a shocker to you guys, I don't, I do not want to see any part timers. I do not want to see any Attitude Era or WCW Era or any legends have to be in important storylines in 2020. There's so much talent between Raw, SmackDown, NXT that are in the ring, traveling the country, traveling the world 52 weeks a year that I don't think it's fair that a Bill Goldberg shows up and automatically gets a title match with The Fiend. I just, I, I, and, and Renee can back me up on this. I love the old school wrestling more than I love the new school. But that doesn't take it away from the new school. There's so many great young up-and-coming wrestlers or guys who actually are establishing themselves now or that are actually in their prime right now that get all these main event spots except for the two months out of the year come WrestleMania season. So what's going to happen 10 years from now when Goldberg is 60 or Stone Cold is 60 or Undertaker 70? I mean, are they really going to be trying to roll them out then? So that, that, that's my thoughts on it, guys. I'm going to keep keep listening, and I'm actually going to call back well, in well, for Dak Draper. Hold on a minute. Hold, hold on just a minute, buddy. We're not going to let you drive by this call-in because I have a question for you, okay? And that's a great take, by the way. Great take. Very, very great take. Hey, if, and if you subscribe to the uh, WrestleTalk Podcast YouTube channel, that's a great take. You might be in the running for this TNA Knockout autographed uh, card set. So make sure you stay tuned, and we'll announce that a little bit later. Great call. But I have a question for you before you go. So you said something about Attitude Era, old school, not necessarily, you know, getting back into storylines. Well, I got a little bit of breaking news for you, Sonny Money Mayo, as uh, we're just a couple of minutes away from our first featured guest of the evening, of the evening, Ryan Ash. Intern Timmy, hit that breaking news drop for me. Come on, intern Timmy, hit it. Great timing, intern Timmy. Ladies and gentlemen, this report is courtesy of eWrestling.com. Again, eWrestling.com is reporting that the famous bombshell manager from the 90s, who you'll remember as Sonny, also known as Tammy Stitch, will very soon be released from federal prison. So my question to you, Sonny Money, is, do you mean you don't want to see Sonny back in any major storylines in the WWE? Because I personally thought you were going to be very excited about this. Your argument just now basically just blew that out of the water. Do you or do you not want to see Sammy back in the WWE, hopefully clean and sober? Look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. I'm going to come at you guys very bluntly because I know Wrestle Talk podcast would appreciate that more than trying to give it the Disney version. Tammy Smith has been – she's been in and out of jail more times wait, wait, than just, I can wait, wait, freaking wait, wait. count. Did you just call her, you just call her Sammy, Tammy Snitch? 
Because I'm the Beachbody Ryan Ash. Guys, thank you for having me on Russell Talk. What's going on? 
Oh my goodness! Thank Dude, you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Joe, he does all boy. that. Joe, Joe, he does all that, and he gets paid for it, man. I'm so jealous. It's not a bad yeah. way to make a living, you know. I, I beat people up for money. Uh, I do it. I do it in a in a in a ring. I also do it on the mats. I am a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt, working on my black belt here, and I just got finished with my class this evening at North Broadway Jiu-Jitsu in St. Louis. Uh, so if you're in the area and you like Jiu-Jitsu, come on out to our our gym. It's in St. Louis. Hit me up. What's up, guys? Let's talk some wrestling. So basically, Let's do it, not. Joe. Why don't you lead us off, brother? Go ahead, John. Absolutely. So, so basically, not only do you beat people up in the wrestling ring, but you fold people up into pretzels in in the uh, uh, MMA floors. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, I I fought MMA for a while. Uh, you know, I was known as the submission sensation because that's how I got all my wins. I'm a ground grappler. You know, I like the jujitsu. Not so. I don't really like getting punched in the face. That kind of sucks. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I fought for a while. You know, I, I started out professional wrestling before UFC was really a thing. And then when UFC became a thing and got, got hot, I kind of transitioned over there and put professional wrestling on the back burner. But, you know, as I've gotten older, I transitioned back to the squared circle, and I'm really enjoying my time working for Dynamo Pro Wrestling here in St. Louis um, as the beach body Ryan Ash. You know, it's a heel persona. I used to kind of be a baby face way back in the day. But as I've gotten older, I've, I've put a few tricks in the bag and, take some shortcuts to get some victories. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Everybody loves Dynamo Pro. You know, one of my favorite wrestlers, wrestlers for for Dynamo Pro, is a gentleman by the name of the uh, Snitch. Maybe you've heard of him. I love the Snitch. Exactly, exactly. The man needs to get his title shot. But anyway, so anyways, so you were part of a faction called uh, Operation Shamrock and Gateway Championship Wrestling with uh, Billy McNeil and Matt Sider. What was it like being a part of Operation Shamrock? Oh, man, back in the day when Gateway Championship Wrestling was around in, like, 2000, 2001, 2002, indie wrestling was really popping off. And, you know, um, Matt Seidel, you know, formerly known as Evan Bourne in WWE, is a really good friend of mine, and as is the Irish luchador Billy McNeil. And those two guys were really innovative when it comes to different moves. You know, they were, they were trying everything crazy. They were doing the flips. They were doing... Uh, uh, the crazy head drop and stuff. And they, they really inspired me. You know, I always kind of wanted to be a high flyer, but I'm a little bit bigger guy. And uh, it was, it was a great time, man. We, 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 uh, we didn't have, we never won any tag belts or anything like that, but those are two of my buddies. I still keep in contact with them. Um, yeah. So it was, it was a great time. Gateway championship wrestling. If you guys were um, familiar with the independent scene in St. Louis, and that was, it was the hot, it was the hot ticket for three or four years in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where I broke in and where, where I started my, my uh, rock and roll persona before I turned into the beach body. So, we, you know, Billy McNeil and, and Matt Seidel, you know, those two guys are both still wrestling. They're both still active and still tearing it up. So if you get a chance to check, any, check them out, you should absolutely do so. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we've had Billy McNeil on the uh, podcast before. We haven't had Matt Seidel maybe one day. Maybe one day we will have Matt Seidel. Uh, cool. So this past this past Saturday, you wrestled for Dynamo Pro Wrestling, and you were 
successful in your match against Joffrey Hyde and uh, Khalil Akbar. But I want to talk about what happened afterwards because you returned back into the ring to make what you called a statement after Adam Rich uh, made his return to Dynamo Pro Wrestling and then had a victory over CJ Shine. Why did you decide at that point to make a statement? All right, let, let me break it down for you, fellas. I got a win earlier in the night. You know, it was pretty easy. I took the, I kind of, it was a three-way match. I let those two guys kind of beat each other up. And being the savvy veteran that I am, I slid in, stole the pin, you know, because that's how I do. I don't like to get my hands dirty if I don't have to. So I'm feeling good in the back. I'm hanging out. I'm watching the monitors, and I see CJ Shine and Adam Rich, and they're having a great match. Adam Rich is back. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's been off for a couple of years, and he's doing great out there. And he gets the win. But then he gets on the mic, and he starts whining, and he starts saying, Oh, I did it for my kids. I'm so happy my wife and family got to see me have a professional wrestling match. And he just is droning on and on. And he's just making me sick. And I'm just like, yo, you come back after a four-year layoff, and you're just going to grab the mic and act like, oh, boo, oh, yay, yay for me, yay. Oh, everybody should be applauding me. Well, where you been, man? Where you been? This isn't a, this isn't a sport for weekend warriors. I'm in that ring as many times as I can be, and I have been for as long as I can remember. I started this in this business in 1999, all right? I broke in over 20 years ago, and he's going to take a huge hiatus and do nothing and then just act, get the fans' accolades by saying, his, you know, playing the sympathy card. Well, I just got sick of it, and so I just ran out there, and I gave him my finish, the kiss my ash, and I put him right in his face. And, you know, I just told the, fan, I told the fans what it was all about. I said, this isn't, a, this isn't a sport for weekend warriors. I'm a pro. It says it right there in the name, Dynamo Pro Wrestlers. And I'm just kind of sick of looking at all those losers in the crowd. They're all fat. They're all slobbering all over themselves, just stuffing nachos down their face. And I am a lean, mean fighting machine. Hey, I'm not going to lie. I'm 41 years old, and I got abs, all right? I'm looking at the rest of that locker room. They ain't got nothing. They can't touch me. I am the beach body. I'm tan. I'm jacked. And I'm bringing it. And Dynamo Pro, you're on notice. Everybody in that locker room, I already look better than you. That's a given. And I know I can damn sure tap you out whenever I feel like it. And Adam Rich is just going to be the first guy I knock off. Woo! I like this guy, Renee. I think that the Beast Body Ryan Ash is going to join the uh, uh, list of wrestlers that are Nightmare Jones' favorite. That involves the volatile Curtis Brown, Rick Maverick, and the Snitch. So welcome to the club, sir. Renee, why don't you <laughs> jump in here with whatever questions that you have. Wow. Well, surprise, freaking surprise, gentlemen. Once again, I happen to be outnumbered in Jonesy. You're pandering to the bad guys. The more things change, the more they stay the same. But you know what? I'll try to remain neutral and ask some good questions because you know what? Despite Mr. Ryan Ash's attitude, I happen to be a big fan of his ability. Not his tactics, but his ability. And there's a reason that he's been around for so long you know, the hiatus aside. And one of the things that I found in doing my research is that you do go all the way back to the Gateway Championship days. And here recently, we've seen 
a couple of different people come back. I know one you've already mentioned, but one I know you're going to be very familiar with because you faced him in the past, and that is the first ever Dynamo Pro D1 champion, former multi-time Dynamo Pro tag team champion. I'm talking about the one and only Outcast, And I know I'm throwing it way, way back, but Ryan, tell me a little bit about your interactions and maybe even some of the matches that you had against what I perceive to be one of the Dynamo Pro legends in Outcast. Well, there's no doubt. Outcast is certainly a legend. He's legendary. We've had him some. We've had some amazing matches together. He's been a, a tremendous foe. But I think if you check the record books, I think I've gotten my hand raised a few more times. And not only that, let me tell you about a little match that Outcast and I had at one of the adults' effing only shows back in Gateway Championship Wrestling. It was a hair versus hair ladder match, and we went about 20 minutes, beat the tar out of each other. But at the end. At the end, I hit him with my finisher off the ladder to the floor, and I shaved his head, and he has never gotten over that, all right? I just made him bald in 2001 or whatever it was. He's been receding ever since, still bald. I got beautiful hair, okay? And since then, he's, he's come back. He's gotten a few cheap wins over me. You know, he's, you know in, in my return, or it was the two years ago in the, in the title tournament, he beat me. He knocked me out of the tournament. Fair is fair. But I will have my hand raised again against the Outcast. He's a phenomenal wrestler. There's no doubt. No doubt. Uh, class act and, you know, I spit on class acts. I don't care about that. I care about winning. Sure. I think he's going to be, uh, you know, go down in history for Dynamo Pro as, as one of the best. But I think I'm better. So I'd like to get my chance at Outcast yet again. Well, before the end of this, I'd like to suggest a name change. And, you know, considering how you're talking and disparaging some of the legends of Battle Pro Wrestling, I think you should change your name to Beach Bum Ryan Ash. But that's just my personal opinion. If somebody wants to start a petition, just know I will be happy to sign it. I really will be. Dirt. Because... Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. I was going to say, did Dirty Ronald McDonald write that joke for you? The Beach Bum, very clever, very clever. I you love, guys got your... I love Dirty Ronald McDonald. We love Dirty <laughs> Ron. <laughs> Love that guy. You love, member of the WrestleTalk You love Dirty Ron? Yeah, we love Dirty Ron. Yeah. He's a member of the WrestleTalk family. And, uh, and man, he, uh, when it comes to the Stig Higgy, man, there's nobody better than Dirty Ron. But that's for another show. <laughs> that's for, hey, hey, that's for I, another show. I echo those sentiments. And Dirty Ron, uh, yeah, he's also been a tremendous foe of mine throughout the years. And if you happen to be in the San Diego area, check out his promotion, Fist Combat. He's great. But he and I had a match not too long ago here at the, at the historic South Broadway Athletic Club. Uh, that was a really good, really fun time. Yeah, Dirty Ron, you know, big ups to Dirty Ron. If he wants to do it again, I still have my Fist Combat Championship title match coming. So I'm waiting for him to have the strap, and I'm going to take it off him. Cool. And, mm. and it's nice to hear you name drop uh, South Broadway uh, as, uh, you know, a lot of big things, a lot of history in South Broadway. We obviously just announced last week, I think we were the first uh, media outlet to announce uh, that Herb Simmons is being honored at the Cauliflower Alley Club, and I think he rightfully deserves it. I think that's probably something that we can agree on, right, Ryan? Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Herb's a good guy. You know, he's SICW, MMWA stuff. You know, he, he's to, been around the business forever. Well. Yeah, Shout absolutely. And if March 14th, I'll be down at the South Broadway Athletic Club, you know, submitting somebody that night. So you should check us out that, that night uh, down at the Broadway Athletic Club. Tickets are 10 bucks, so you can't go wrong there. Um, can't beat, yeah, yeah. Can't beat that. Yeah. Can't beat that. Well, listen, 
I actually want to solicit some of your uh, combat sports expertise. And this is okay. a, a, a sports topic that I think everybody uh, is tribute to because it was such a big deal. It happened this past Saturday. And it was the fight between uh, Devontae Wilder and Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury. Uh, my question for you, Ryan, is as a combat athlete, what do you look at when you're preparing for a match? Because clearly Devontae Wilder maybe gained a little bit too much weight. A lot of people are speculating that his knee wasn't 100%. Did you watch the fight? And do you believe, I know this is kind of a two-part question, what did you think of it? And then also, do you think that Tyson Fury has pro wrestling written all over him post-in-ring fight career? What are your thoughts on that, Ryan? Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I was wrestling for Dynamo Pro that night, and after I laid out Adam Rich, I did, in fact, uh, head out and check out the fight, and it was, it was a good okay. fight. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I picked Wilder, and here's why, for exactly what you said. I think Tyson Fury does have WWE written all over him, and he did WWE, you know, however long ago that was, three, four months, and he's kind of gone Hollywood. I think that's where Tyson Fury's head is. Head, I thought that's where his head was at, and I thought he was going to get beat by Wilder. Um, you know, he, I just thought Wilder was hungrier. It was a great fight, but Wilder's clearly not quite the boxer that Fury is. Fury's an amazing athlete, amazing boxer. He just picked him apart and, you know, some hit, big shots put him down. So, uh, I guess it wasn't, wasn't really, an, uh, you know, it wasn't an upset at all. The, the favorite one, um, but yeah, as far as boxing matches, it was, it was awesome. And, you know, when I'm preparing for a fight, it's a little bit different because, um, you know, pro wrestling's pro wrestling and, you know, that I got to stay, I got to stay in the sort of a mental uh, area for that. And it's different from where I, where I go with jujitsu. There's a little bit different mental preparation, but the physical preparation is exactly the same. Train hard. I, I do my jujitsu. I, I do my pro wrestling. I lift weights and, you know, do all those things, but it's mental. Whoa, whoa, mental whoa, whoa. Game so let me, let me stop different. you right there. Let, let me, if, okay. I, if I may, let me stop you right there because I think you said a whole lot in just a couple of words. And you're, okay. you're a credible uh, former competitive uh, uh, MMA fighter and a, a current pro wrestler. And for you to say that the preparation physically is comparable. Now, you said mentally it's different, not any easier, not any harder, just different. But the fact that you said that the physical part of it is equal, I think speaks volumes because I think there are a lot of up-and-coming talents out there that listen to the WrestleTalk podcast that could benefit from understanding if you want to be a professional wrestling, a wrestler, the pro part is the most important, and that means being physically and mentally prepared. Wrestling every weekend and not working out during the week is not a recipe for success. And I took some exception to, to, the, to the balding, fat guy, nacho comments earlier, but I'm not trying to be a professional wrestler. I'm not trying to be go. a professional wrestler. Yeah. And I pay my money to eat my nachos, so so screw you, Ryan Ash. But on well, the same I, note, you know, you make a good point. Same note, I make agree an absolute, with you. Yeah, I, I agree with it, you. It, 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 it's and it's one of the reasons I'm pissed off. Said. Go ahead. It's one of the reasons that I, that I took out Adam Rich. It's because okay. I am a professional. I come out there and I expect to go a hundred percent. And I put my heart and my head on the line every time I get into the professional wrestling ring. And for you to just show up and pretend like, oh, I can just do this on, uh, once a week or, or once a month or whatever or whenever. No, you can't. You can't do it at that sort of a level. And I'm going to prove 
but that's why I'm the best. I take it seriously, right? I take my look seriously. I take my physique. <laughs> I, take, I take my fitness very seriously. And then translates to both professional wrestling and to the jiu-jitsu and MMA world. And you're, you're right. There's, there's a million guys out there who can take bumps and do professional wrestling. Are you an athlete? Do you eat like an athlete? Do you sleep? Do you train? Do you take care of your body? I mean, look, at the, look, what, look what they're doing in NXT. Look what they're doing in ROH. Those guys are phenomenal athletes. The athlete look is in. You don't got to be a big, jacked-up, ultimate warrior type anymore. You got to be fit, and you got to be durable. And that's one of the things that I think these weekend warrior types, like Adam Rich and some of the slobs at Dynamo Pro Wrestling, they don't know what's coming. Because when you step in the ring with Ryan Ash, I'm not only built to show, I'm built to go. Ooh, I like the heat. I'm not going to lie. I like the heat. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and keep that going, Jonesy. And I do want to make sure that we respect everybody's time. So because you do have that fire and that competitive nature to you, we want to we, we want to harness that and, and, and invite you to join us in tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Shoot and Shout segment. And what we do here, uh, Beachbody, is we each get 30, 40 seconds, whatever you need, to release some frustration about anything that may be bothering you, and it doesn't even have to be pro-wrestling related. We play a little music, Joe goes first, <laughs> I go second, you go last, and basically it's a little bit of a therapeutic session. The question is, is Beachbody... Game. I'm always game. It says gameness on my gi. That means I'm ready to fight. Let's go. Enter Timmy. You know what to do, baby. It's time to get into the shoot and shout segment on episode 287 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Go ahead and hit that music. All right, I'm going to go ahead and go. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. My shooting shout is a continuation from what pissed me off last night. How dare that person tell me that I am not a professional wrestling fan because I don't watch AEW. And how dare he try to disrespect me when I tell him that I am in the wrestling business and he tells me that he asked me what? Flea Market, I am going to be wrestling at. I will tell you what Flea Market I'm going to be wrestling at, sir. I'm going to be wrestling at the Flea Market that you pay your hard-earned money to go see. <laughs> and while you are sitting behind the guardrail, eating your nachos, drinking your soda, I'm going to be in the damn ring living my dream while you're sitting on the outside. How about that, sir? Wow! <laughs>
as a society on technology. At the risk of getting myself written up, I'm going to go ahead and say this. The company I work for is a Fortune 500 company. We employ over 540,000 people worldwide. We're the third largest employer on the planet. Can anybody tell me why I haven't been able to submit a PO or a work order in three days? You know what this means? When they finally decide to fix it at 4.59 p.m. on Friday, I'm going to be working all weekend. And guess what? I'm booked at XWE. Shout out Billy Simmons. Shout out to all the wonderful down in Salina. But I'm going to be busy this Saturday. So you know what that means? This Sunday, instead of spending time with my kids, riding a bike, or we're sledding. You know, it's the Midwest, so really we could be outside riding bikes or we could be sledding. You never really know. And that's a whole other shoot and shout. But I'm going to be stuck in the house doing reports, POs, work orders, and payroll. It drives me nuts. How can we be so big if some 13-year-old hacker down in South Dakota somewhere has got our whole company on the fritz? It's driving me nuts, and I hate when people eat up my weekends, man. It really pisses me off. So, all that said, I don't really have a shoot and shout tonight, so I'll just go ahead and digress and pass it over to, to, to the peace potty. Ryan asked, sir, bring the heat. Well, here's my stance, okay? I, I, I am a big fan of animals, okay? You guys kind of took this off topic of, of wrestling, so I'm going to go with it, all right? I work for the Do Humane it. Society, okay? I work for the Humane Society, and I work for I Care STL, and I foster dogs. And the problem that we have in this world right now is we have too many dogs. And I'm tired of people telling me that I bought my dog from a breeder. Really? That's a, ter- that's a terrible thing to do. Or my dog just had a litter. Why did you let that happen? You shouldn't let dogs have puppies. We got thousands and thousands of unwanted dogs right now. You got to get your dog fixed. You got to get spayed or neutered or whatever. Go down to the shelter right now, okay? I got three dogs living at my house. You don't have to adopt them. You can foster them. Just bring one, bring one home. We got too many dogs. They're overrunning the kennels. They're in, they're in crates in the, in the hallways, and it's getting cold outside. Do us a favor. Please come down and support the local humane society, your local shelter, whatever it is, all these good buddies need homes. If you have a dog, two is not harder than one. It's the same. Three is the same as two. Four is the same as three. So just go ahead and go down to the pound and get a bunch of dogs and save some lives. All right. I'm tired of people telling me, Oh, I got this, this fancy high end dog from a breeder. I really, that's a, that's a terrible person. I, I honestly think less of you if you bought your dog from a breeder. I'm sorry. That's the way it is, and that, that's my that's my near and dear to my heart, um, bleeding heart liberal stance there. There you go. Sorry. Well, wow. You know, that is a, and, and you know what? That confirms something to me. Beachbody Ryan Ash has a heart. I knew somewhere deep inside there, there was a heart of a tender, loving heart. Unfortunately, it's for dogs and not for people. We'll work on that. But if you're not adopting a dog, my dog's a rescue. I love her with all my heart. Her name is Katana. She's a two-year-old blue nose pit bull. Yes, I love her to death. But if you're not adopting a dog and you got the space to do it, well, really, I can't even put it any better than the legendary Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik, what do you think about that? Fucking bullshit! (laughs) Oh, we can cuss? I didn't know that. I've been biting my tongue. Well, all right, let's yeah. do it for round two. How about that? Ryan, welcome as the newest member of the WrestleTalk family. We would love to have you back before the end of the year, man. And before you go, drop the social, and where can people see you in action next? 
Well, first, let me thank you guys for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. You guys are very entertaining. you got a nice show here. Um, I'm going to be at the South Broadway Athletic Club March 14th. Check us out down there. I'm going to be at Dynamo Pro March 28th at the Concordia Turners Hall. Check them out on the Internet. Uh, my social media is at Hoffa Jits on Instagram, H-A-F-A-J-I-T-S. Hoffa Bro. That means, like, what's up, and that's my personal brand. So check me out there. I do some technique videos every day. Um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, in the Pro Wrestling Squared Circle, man, I love, I love to put on a show. So come on out and, and check me out there. Awesome, man. And we'd love to have you back sometime this year, man. We'll set it up, all right? Sounds good. Thank you, fellas. Josie, all say right. good night. Thanks for coming out, man. Peace. Have a good night. Peace. Man. No. Now, when they – I got to talk to you about this Dante Wilder against uh, Tyson Fury. You know, I've heard reports that they said that the reason that Dante Wilder lost is because his uh, entrance suit was, was so heavy that he was out of breath by the time he got to the ring. This dude came out looking like a freaking Transformer. <laughs> <laughs> bro, he, no, he looked like a Power Ranger villain, bro, is what he looked like to me. <laughs> Uh, and by the way, anybody who's making that argument, go back and watch the last two rounds of the first fight, and you'll understand that it was written on the wall. I'm sure my buddy Joe will agree. Listen, Tyson Fury's just a better boxer. He's bigger. He's faster. He's stronger. And uh, Devontae Wilder still has a future in the sport, but unfortunately, it's not as the heavyweight champion. Guys, we're coming back with the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion. I need all three GMs on hold because this is a big, big deal. Enter TV. Check the phone line. As we go to break for two minutes and 20 seconds on tonight's edition of the WrestleTalk Podcast, episode 287. Zach Draper in the second hour. We'll see y'all in a few. Peace. Check. Nina. Kansas City. Well, well, well. That was the wrong entrance song. So that was... The wrong song. How about this one, Anton Timmy? Trying to get his flat. Check it out. If one thing I've always done is that I've always remained to stay who I am. I am. TBD. Something you can definitely smoke to in my past. Hope I did nothing to provoke you. A northern cat going down her daisy dukes. Rolling downtown with a really crazy crew. One of a kind, running with dimes, living a hell of a life. Mirror move, Mr. Mom, copycats will eventually die. Got a whole composure, I'm not looking for exposure. I'm just trying to move this notion forward. Keep exploring, I know you know this most of these rappers are boring. Got me snoring, checking options, you know I ain't for it. That's why they fear me when I hit the booth and start recording. The looking nervous, looking like the regal. Couldn't afford it. I'm on a steal for my homies who ain't here. Asking God, was there really a reason they had to disappear? Life works in mysterious ways. I'm just happy to be here still doing my thing. I am. DVD. And I represent the SP. Sometimes. Uh-huh. I 
rising towards another level. Wood pushing, no pedal, skate scum, no Geppetto, a healer and a feeler, feeling like Hercules, Mercury's, we can seize, that ain't nothing to me. I take personal time to spit my life on these lines, don't give a fuck if you like it or not. Where this bond, when I grab the mic and set it rocket to the early moan, what we on? Well, it's nothing but that pines, ho. You don't even need to worry about another thing, cause opportunities are endless that I'm known to bring. A king ran my way, but it's never kissed a ring. It's respect and love, man, we made it more than just a dream. Doubt me all you want to, but at least you know I'm right. Buzzing around the hype, ain't the type of life I'm living like. So, catch me out your drama, I don't want no problems. The world keeps revolving while my mind keeps evolving. Nah, motherfucking DBT. Yo, what up? Night Owl. Nightmare Jones. What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, cause we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night Owl, Nightmare Jones, and all the best jets. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalksPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night at a prom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back once again with our number two of the Wrestle Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. And let me tell you guys what, this is the moment where we dedicate the next 15 to 20 minutes to the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion. Here's what makes tonight super exciting. For those of you who have been keeping tabs, okay, we are now on the brink of beginning the third year of the FWWC brand battle. The last two years have been won by the FWWC red brand, which no longer exists. That's right. Going into year three, we're starting to kind of come into our own a little bit, and our brands are now known as Infinite, which is the blue brand, Rise, which is kind of the reincarnation of what used to be UXD, and FWWC Inferno. So all three of these brands have equal ability in the FWWC to draft and to try to put on the best shows possible. Right now, though, we're in a bit of a free-for-all. Every single roster member has an opportunity to make an impact and to try to sway the general managers to draft them first overall. And, much to my excitement, the first round is tonight. So over the next 10 or 15 minutes, we're going to give the three GMs an opportunity to come on, tell us who they're looking to draft, I will tell you how many points they're worth because each brand is actually starting off with 50 points. Everybody's starting off with an, on an equal playing field. The only difference is that because Red, a.k.a. Inferno, won last year, Inferno automatically gets the first pick. Last night, during an FWWC Raw Challenge, we saw the general manager of the gold brand or yellow brand, Heel Deal, go against the manager of the blue 
have the second overall pick. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe Tank Westbrook came out on top. So Inferno and Susie Hoff will go first. Infinite, Tank Westbrook will go second. And then third will be Heel Deal in the Rise brand. And tonight for round one, all they're going to be allowed to do is choose one superstar. Not two, three, or four, just one. That said, let's go ahead and bring on the general manager of the Inferno brand, the one, the only, La Familia's very own, Hardcore Sis. Hardcore Sis, welcome to the show. Thank you there, Night Owl. How are you doing? Man, I love that country twang, Hardcore Sis. <laughs> it's always great to have you on the show. Well, you know, it's always great to be here, Night Owl. And I got to tell you, I am so ready to announce my first pick. Well, sis, we're going to go ahead and let you do that here in just a matter of moments. But I'm going to go ahead and bring on the other general managers as well, because I want to hear their immediate reaction to your first overall pick. But before I bring them on, and we're going to have reaction from the FWWC superstars, just when you guys come on, be courteous. There's only about 17 minutes left in this segment, and we got to get to Dak Draper. <laughs> at exactly 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, so let's be respectful of that. But listen, there's one caveat to this whole draft, sis, and this goes to heel, deal, and take as well. There is one person and one person only that is currently not eligible to be drafted, and that individual is our top champion when we closed out year two of the brand battle. His name is Savior Saint. He is the Warriors Heart champion, and he represents the Saviors of Funk, one of the most successful and long-lasting factions in FWWC history. That said, when Saint is good and ready after the draft, and he sees how all the chips has fallen, that is when he'll get the opportunity to select what brand he wants to be on. So I will say this for the sake of making sure that everybody can hear me, if you're not speaking, please put yourself on mute because I hear a lot of background noise. And trust me, the members of the FWWC do not want to hear any of that background noise. I don't know if you're cooking, cleaning, changing diapers, whatever it is, but if you're not talking, please put yourself on mute. Intern Timmy, let's give them a second to do that. And let's bring Hardcore Sis back on because you know what? It is time, Hardcore Sis, it is time to make your first overall selection. And if you want to know what each superstar is worth, all you got to do is ask me, and I will tell you. And as far as for everybody else, if you're not talking, please, please, please put yourself on mute so that we don't have to hear all the background noise you have going on. Hardcore Sis, you are officially on the clock. Well, thank you there, Night Owl. Um, you know, I really don't care what this person is worth. I'm, I'm going to take them no matter what. I've been in negotiations with this person up until recently. Negotiations fell off, but thank God before they did, I had the deal signed and sealed. And I sent that contract to you for your approval. And as everyone knows, my very first pick for the Inferno brand is Marcus Mayhem. What did you just say? You you just chose Marcus Mayhem? Are you serious? Out of everybody that you had to choose from, you chose Marcus Mayhem? Oh, 
Dinner night out, I know. The members, hey, the members of the of the WrestleTalk family, not too pleased with your selection. But listen, nothing to do with his talent level. The dude is just batshit crazy. He's evil. He's dark. His name is Dark Mayhem, for God's sake. Why you would choose him first, Hardcore Sis, I got to know. Well, for one thing, you know, Dark Mayhem's time is limited here. We are going to get Marcus back. And once we do, he is going to be there. Marcus is going to be a great access to me because, you know, not only did he lead the Red Brand last year to win, but he will be a great person for me to talk to when I need someone to talk to. He will be there to help me carry on the legacy that he began. So who better than help me with that legacy than Marcus Mayhem? Incredibly ballsy choice by hardcore sis absolutely living up to your name and i will tell you that the maximum amount of points that any superstar is worth is five points and mayhem absolutely falls into the category as a top flight superstar so what that means is that marcus mayhem just cost you five points bringing inferno's total to 45 points Hardcore Sis, thank you very much. I'm going to give you a minute to celebrate that. And I'm going to go ahead and bring in the guy that gets to make the second selection. I'm sure he's going to have some thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and welcome him back in, the general manager of Infinite Brand, Tank Westbrook. Tank, your thoughts on that selection. A former partner of yours, Marcus Mayhem. Congratulations, congratulations, Hardcore Sis. You know, you picked up somebody who I was actually looking at. I'm not going to lie. You had somebody on your radar that I had. So right there, it shows that we also think alike. But um, I uh, I got some breaking news. If uh, intern Timmy could actually drop that uh, breaking news bomb. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, we're going to let you break that news, but we can't go out of order. We have to immediately get into your selection because we still have to get the heel deal on and let him make his selection. So. Let's go ahead and get through your selection. We'll let you break the news, and then we'll close it out with the heel deal. Sir? Sir, you're officially on the clock. My selection, um, a gentleman who came to me um, and said, I want to work with you. I want your brand. I want to help you succeed. I want to help take your brand to the next level. And uh, I was like, all right, let's sit down with form a contract up, and uh, that superstar is none other than Hardcore Hawks. Absolutely wonderful selection, sir. I've got to give you credit. We're talking about a former Hardcore champion, a former FHC here in the FWWC, an absolutely wonderful selection. And let me tell you something, Hardcore Haas was worth a total of four points, bringing you to a total of 46 points remaining to, uh, to be able to use towards the draft. So credit to you, a wonderful selection. And I'll tell you what, Tate Westbrook, I think you might have got yourself the biggest man in the FWWC currently, and there ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of muscle, just ask Tyson Fury. Absolutely wonderful selection. This is your opportunity to break some news, though, man. What do you got for us? Intern Timmy, hit that drop. 
Oh, Harcourt says she might have just picked up uh, Dark Mayhem. But uh, the, we each were told uh, by the BOD that we had to surprise everybody with one match for the Super Show down coming up in a couple uh, about less than 48 hours away. Well, that match that I have booked, starring done deal, was Dark Mayhem versus El Mata. So those two gentlemen will be representing be sponsored by the infinite brand for this Thursday's showdown. So you might have already signed them to the infinite brand, but I have them for at least one more show. Wow. Well, yes, we will absolutely honor that match up to this point because the match has already been booked. So you're saying you got Mata to agree to face Dark Mayhem at Super Showdown? Are you serious? Yes, I did. Absolutely incredible, Tank. Pulling a rabbit out of the hat. I was a little disappointed with the fact that you wouldn't give us any information last week. Dude, you absolutely made up for it this week. Congratulations on drafting Hardcore Hoss, and congratulations on what could possibly be the best match at FWWC Super Showdown. Thanks a lot for your time, man, and congrats again. Thank you. You are a great night. All right. Last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, with just a couple of minutes remaining in this segment, because we do have the Biohack Magnum, Ring of Honor's very own, Zach Draper. And he's going to be joining us in just a couple of minutes, man. I'm very, very excited. But before we get there, man, as a lot, as a lot, of, as a lot of people like to say, we have potentially saved the best for last because boom, baby, boom. Canada's very own Mr. Number One, the new and improved Green Ranger, the heel deal is up and on the clock, sir. Tell the people of the FWWC and the WrestleTalk Podcast family who is going to be your first pick for the Rise Break. Oh, I've been debating. I debate. Night Owl, do we have enough time that you can tell me quickly if I name a few names or points values? Do we have time for that? Uh, well, yeah, I'll give you three. What do you got? Give me, give me El Diablo. Five. Give me, oh, sorry, we'll, we'll, we'll go one at a time. We'll go one at a time. Okay, what else? Deal, deal? Yep. Five, five points for El Diablo. Who else? Five points. Curtis Black. Five. Five. Daniel Grimm. Five. The colors of the Rise brand are yellow and black. Rise takes Curtis Black. Boom, baby. Wow. (laughs) Absolutely phenomenal choice. Heel deal, can you give us an idea of why you decided to choose Curtis Black before we let you go? You got to look at the last two GMs, and I look at them. They got wisdom. They got knowledge. They know how this thing ticks. They know how it works. And my brother, Marcus Mayhem, he's gone off his rocker. So there's one guy left, and that's Curtis Black. 
and we're going to make everyone black and blue when they slap them around and rise is number one. Boom, baby. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, Canada's very own heel deal. So to make it official, first overall, Mayhem, five points, bringing the Inferno brand to now 45 points total. Second overall pick, Hardcore Hawks, that's right, bringing Infinite Brand now to a total of 46 points. And last but not least, third overall pick goes to Rise Brand, choosing Curtis Black, bringing them now to a total of 45 points. Congratulations, guys. We've got just a couple of minutes, about five to seven minutes left. We're going to try to run through with some of these callers and get some reaction. And I would be remiss if we didn't start with WrestleTalk's very own Nightmare Jones. Nightmare Jones, you are the current FHC, former general manager, former Warriors Heart uh, champion, former Intercontinental champion, former tag team champion, one of the legends of the FWWC. Can you tell us how you feel about the fact that you weren't selected in the top three? Nightmare Jones was not selected in the top three. Nightmare Jones was not selected in the top three. Can somebody tell me what title that Curtis Black holds? None. Can somebody tell me what title that that Hardcore Hoss holds? None. As a matter of fact, I beat Hardcore Hoss for the titles that I hold around my shoulders. So the fact that nobody drafted Nightmare Jones first is nothing but a catastrophe. And each and every single one of you genuine managers are going to rule the day that you did not pick Nightmare Jones first. Goodbye. Oh, wow. Okay, well, we're going to piss off Nightmare Jones a little bit more often because let me tell you what, that was the quickest segment we've ever done with Nightmare Jones. I actually kind of like it. Well, you know what? Somebody else who was not chosen um, to be in the top three. Now, listen, no need to get upset, guys. There's only three selections. We've got a long way to go. There's 30 people on our roster. This is a guy who's had a little bit of a rough go of it here recently, and I had the very difficult task of making the decision, which actually ended up getting this gentleman suspended. He is our current FWWC Intercontinental Champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in for the first time in a long time, the king of bleach style, Cody. Hey, what's going on, guys? What do you got, KOB? Oh, just hanging out. I'm on vacation now. Okay, tell us all about it. Oh, just got to get better. Got to stop acting like a dumbass. Okay, what do you mean by that? You know, not showing up, doing the right thing. You know, I kind of also spit bleach in uh, KC Luchador face. Yeah, the unidentifiable man. He uh, got me in trouble, you know. People weren't happy, so they kind of suspended me, you know. So it's all it's all good. It'll get better. Uh, anything you plan on doing to improve during this, this, uh, this mandatory vacation? Oh, I'm gonna stop. Uh, I'm gonna stop being such an idiot and doing stupid things. I kind of fall a lot, so I hit my head. So that kind of makes me cuckoo a little bit, you know. Drink bleach for a goddamn sake. 
All right. Well, KLB, we know that you're on the road to recovery, and we do wish you the best, man. Any final thoughts? Uh, yeah. Uh, fuck cancer. Okay, I like that. That was a good close. <laughs> very, very nice. All right, we got three more callers left, uh, and we're going to go ahead and jump in uh, to a man who is a, uh, a member of the Saviors of Funk. I want to know how he feels about Curtis Black getting drafted first. I know he's maybe not super happy with me right now, but that's okay. I, I respect him. I think he's a hardworking dude. He just got to get his mind right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in the one, the only, Madman Joe. Madman, what's on your mind tonight, man? What do you think about the draft? Well, I think the draft is uh, starting, starting to be pretty damn good so far. And congratulations to Mr. Curtis Black for uh, going to rise. Okay, gotcha. Well, let me ask you this quick question, Matt Banjo. What, how many points do you think you should be worth when it comes to being drafted in the FWWC pickup? Well... Being a former two-time European champion and the current United States champion, well, my run over the last few months, but my activity within recent has been down due to uh, medical concerns. I honestly say probably stay fine. Uh, well, Mad Man Joe, can I have you take us off speakerphone, man, because you sound very muffled. So let's, let's go ahead and have you uh, get us off speakerphone if you can and just repeat that very quickly. Can you hear me a little better? Much better, bro. Go ahead. What do you got? Honestly, I'd say with being a former two-time European champion, the current United States champion, and having – a uh, pretty decent run for the past few months, but with my recent activity uh, being kind of down due to uh, medical terms, I honestly would say I probably rank about three points. Three points. Okay, that's a fair assessment of yourself, man. Thank you for being honest. Uh, anything you want to share with the members of the FWC? Uh, after the draft, man, uh, do you think maybe somebody went sooner than they should have? And how do you feel about your brother Curtis Black going uh, in the top three representing the Sabres of Funk? Well, as for Curtis going for, uh, with the first three, uh, it kind of doesn't surprise me. He's been itching to get back into the ring after being a former general manager. And I expect Curtis to do a lot of things. But as for the rest of the general managers, uh, be sure to look out for me here pretty soon because I'm finally going to announce of which brand Madman Joe wants to be part of. Very, very nice. And thank you, Joe, for being here. Uh, obviously, as United States Championship, you hold a tremendous amount of value. I Hopefully, you can shore up some of your shortcomings and become a little bit consistent because, man, you're a very talented guy and you've already been very successful here in the group, man. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Have a nice night. All right, guys. Now, we are creeping a little bit into the uh, the second featured interview. Uh, we are waiting for Dak Draper uh, to call into the show so that we can conduct our interview with him. He's obviously done a lot of tremendous things in the world of professional wrestling throughout his career. But here as of late, the man has been on fire. He won.
won the Future of Honor Top Prospect Tournament. We know that when he was here in the Kansas City area, uh, he was one of the most recognizable and successful talents, uh, winning the NWL title. And then uh, most recently, guys, um, he won the MCW uh, Championship over at Maryland Championship Wrestling. So we're quite excited about the possibility of having him join us here in just a matter of moments. Uh, and I believe he is now dialing in. So we're going to get through these last two callers as quickly as we can. Let's say about 30 seconds apiece. I want to ask you guys to please make sure that you split clearly and that you bring the heat. We're going to start off with Big T, and then we're going to close out with El Diablo. Big T, give us your thoughts tonight, man. Quite frankly, all three of them draft selections suck. You can clearly tell none of these managers have the, uh, the brains on who to pick. It should have been Big T. But that's all i got to say about that. All right, Big T, I have one last quick question for you. Do you feel that you're being undervalued by the general managers? It sounds like it. Quite frankly, yeah. And I can care less if I get drafted any grand, you want to be honest. Well, big words spoken by a European champion, Big T. Hopefully they don't make the mistake and come looking for you in Columbus Park, man. All the best to you in the future, brother. Take it easy. Absolutely. All right, yeah, look out for Columbus Park in uh, the north side of downtown Kansas City. Make sure you know make sure you know somebody down there before you walk into Columbus Park. That's all I'm going to say. All right, guys, this is our last caller for the FWWC segment. Dak Draper is in the bullpen, ready to fire off. And if you're not already listening, waiting for Dak Draper, well, it's pretty simple. Shame on you. Our last caller tonight is the one and only leader of Devil's Dynasty. I'm talking about... El Diablo, a man who uh, recently has gotten himself involved in some pretty shady business, and we're going to ask him about it. El Diablo, you're live here on the WrestleTalk podcast. What the heck happened between you and Zozo last night, man? That was crazy. Emperor Zozo, I have no idea who you're talking about. Anyways, I have bigger Whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute, wait a minute. You just brushed over... Sir, we clearly saw you drown this man in a bathtub last night. Are you just going to gloss over that fact? I have no idea what you're talking about. I have not much time on here, Mr. Night Owl. How convenient. You have Mr. Dak waiting, so let me make this quick. This is not about you. This is not about whoever was drowned. This is about somebody that I just heard on the line. And he thinks that he's some type of nightmare. Well, I heard how upset he was that he wasn't drafted top three tonight. And if you ask me, I don't even think he would even make top ten. But since you're angry, you're furious. I said, whoa. But since he is angry... And since he is furious at the moment, why not use that anger against me, Mr. Nightmare Jones? For after all, life is but a dream, and I'm here to wake you up. You see what happened to your brother, Harcourt Horse. You've seen what happened to your so-called brother, Marcus Mayhem. And now, I want to see what will happen to you. It could be Super Mm. Showdown. 
or it could be next week. But if you don't have time for me at all, then go ahead and keep running from me like you have been. But if not, accept my challenge. Wow. Huge, huge challenge from El Diablo. And you know what? I am certain, Nightmare Jones, that you will have a response for him on the FWWC Facebook page, guys. More information on the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. That's WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter. Just go over to the Fantasy Wrestling tab for more information. You've always dreamed of being a professional wrestler, but financially, physically, or for whatever reason, circumstance, that you can't be one, the FWWC gives you a great alternative. We do everything wrestlers do except travel and actually have real matches. It's actually a great alternative if you're in a wheelchair or whatever it may be and you can't actually get into the world of pro wrestling the way that you would like. This is a fantastic option for you to be able to compete and use your pro wrestling knowledge to your advantage. We've got over 500 members. We've got close to 50 people active. And quite frankly, it is the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion. Again, more information available at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. All that said, ladies and gentlemen, we are a few minutes late, but guess what? The wait was absolutely worth it because we are going to bring in the Mile High Magnum. And as I make this introduction, let me say that personally, I have affection for this individual because I got to see him perform many a time here in Kansas City. And though it breaks my heart that he's not here uh, um, on a regular basis like he used to be, he has absolutely spread his wings, and he's having a tremendous amount of success. He won the top prospect tournament for Future of Honor and recently captured a championship at one of the most well-respected professional companies in the world at Maryland Championship Wrestling. We're going to play a little music as we introduce him, and I know he'll be familiar with it. Folks, it is an honor and a pleasure to welcome back to the WrestleTalk Podcast after close to two years removed from our first interview, the Mile High Magnum, Zach Draper. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. It's good to be on. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, what an good. honor, man. What an honor. Josie, lead us off, bro. Absolutely. So, so Dak, you are one of the, the guys that I had the uh, privilege of seeing wrestle one, and one of my multiple trips to uh, Kansas City in uh, with, with the NWL. So, What's been new for Dak Draper? Oh, man, so much has been new. Uh, after NWL closed, I uh, moved to Baltimore, Maryland. I decided I needed to move somewhere where I'd never been before. I thought the Mile High Magnum's for real. I can go anywhere and make it work. And so uh, mm-hmm. I moved to Baltimore. I didn't know anybody in wrestling here. I had to just go off my ability alone. And uh, I, it seems like that was the right decision. I won the uh, Ring of Honor Top Prospect Tournament in Vegas this year on uh 
Saturday in uh, St. Charles, Missouri. I faced Dragon Lee for the Ring of Honor World Television title. So uh, things have been up and up in uh, Dak Draper's world. How you guys That's been? Real. I've been absolutely awesome. And, you know, now that I know that you are in Baltimore, that is only like 30, min- like 30 minutes away from where I live. So I'm going to have to make my way up to a uh, – Maryland Championship Wrestling Show sometime so I can see you wrestle once again. Oh, you're going to have to. Uh, MCW puts on a great show. They had uh, Kurt Angle there at the, on uh, Saturday. There were about 1,000 people there. It was phenomenal. You there? Yeah. I am here. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. But you <laughs> must go ahead and, and continue, sir. Something... Must have happened. Go ahead and, and continue. Oh, yeah. about MC- oh, I, was just, I was just saying that uh, MCW, has a, they have a great operation there. Their school has uh, put several guys into Ring of Honor, NXT, uh, WWE television. Um, but uh, if you're in the Maryland area, I de- definitely recommend checking out MCW. Yeah, the last show had like a 1,000 people at it. It was great. Exactly. Um one of my uh, guys that, that I actually grew up with uh, in, in, in wrestling, I saw him wrestle many, many times, is a guy by the name of, uh, of Brandon Scott. Maybe you've heard of him. <laughs> I wrestled Brandon Scott on Saturday. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon Scott has a uh, black and blue ear from me, courtesy of the Mile uh, High Magnum. Exactly. I, I remember when uh, Brandon Scott first broke into the wrestling business. So it is awesome that you know that that you uh, got to uh, uh, wrestle him. But I don't want to take up too much time because I, I know that you're a busy man. So Renee, why don't you come in here with whatever questions that that you have? So I know you have Absolutely, a lot. Absolutely, and I do want to. No, no, I do, I do, and I will say that um, as respect the time, because I know you have a very tight schedule, we actually do have some callers. We're going to choose uh, maybe one or two of you guys to actually come on and ask a question, because we don't want to be selfish. Be awesome. Obviously, the fans, the fans want to reconnect with Dak. Dak, you got a lot of fans here in Kansas City and in the Midwest in uh, general that really miss you, man. No, I, and I know you do. So, so let me ask you that question first. So is the feeling reciprocal? Like, I know you're, you're, you're a Colorado boy, right? You're probably a big-time Denver Broncos fan, but this region – between St. Louis and Kansas City, they embraced you like I haven't seen before. Like, you know, there's the Anaya's, the hoodies, they got a lot of love in this area. Some of the guys that come from outside get a lot of love. But the relationship that you develop with the fans in this area, I think, is extraordinary for somebody outside of Kansas City slash St. Louis. What do you attribute that to, and is the feeling reciprocal? Oh, the, well, I want to start off with the uh, second part. The feeling is definitely, uh, definitely reciprocal. I, uh, I love the fans in Missouri. Um, in my last, uh, I just posted the uh, interview on my Twitter and Instagram and my uh, last promo that I cut before uh, my match with Dragon Lee. I talked about how Missouri is where I went from being a kid to becoming a man. And uh, it's where I really feel like I became myself. And I couldn't have done that without the fans here. So I miss the fans in Missouri a ton. I hope as many of them come out to uh, Ring of Honor in St. Charles because I want that place to be rocking for the Mile High Magnum on Saturday night. And uh, I think it worked because uh, I think there was a void that needed to be filled. Uh, when, uh, 
I think with Kansas City, with Met- they uh, Kansas City had Metro Pro, and I believe the other one's called like KCWW or something. But they, uh, I think the top guys at Metro Pro were like you had Jeremy Wyatt, who's been a constant for over a decade, and then guys like Mark Sterling and the Cook brothers. And uh, I don't know, they're not they're not as similar to Dak Draper. People in Kansas City and people in St. Louis hadn't seen somebody like me before. So when I came, when I came in, I feel like I was new. It uh, I gave people a lot to grab onto, and uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history. Well, and, and I'm going to ask you if you're willing. Uh, of course, and all due respect, I have to ask you a question about the NWL, not necessarily the ending of it or whatever, because I, I think that's just peeling back an old scab that we don't need to peel back necessarily. But oh, it's all right. But I, I, don't I, don't care. I don't care about answering questions about that. <laughs> Okay, well, well, I appreciate that, but but here's my question. It's maybe it's maybe even a little bit more intrusive than than that question. And, and here here it is: Did you have a problem when they decided to flip you? Because from our perspective, from a, a spectator's perspective, you had something really special going when you were the bad guy, Dak Draper, and then it got flipped around. And then somebody else with a big pink robe, which, you know, you, you mentioned him a little bit earlier, uh, became kind of like the top bad guy. We always felt like that maybe was a little bit uh, premature. Um, and I don't want you to shit on anybody because the writers worked very, very hard, and there were some incredible writers, uh, including Chris and, and Matt and some of the other guys that were putting that stuff together. But do you, do you share that sentiment on any level? Because I think you were at this incredible peak – and then it, it kind of got turned around. And you did a great job as a good guy, too. But the tidy whitey chance went away uh, and all this stuff. You know what I mean? So I, I just – I felt personally – let me just speak for myself. I felt like maybe it was slightly premature. Is there any any part of you that maybe agrees with that at all, or, or am I off base? Uh, not really. I don't really agree with it because, uh, well, I went from being the top bad guy to just being the top guy in general. So uh, I don't That's really – uh, I didn't, I didn't really have a problem with it. And uh, when you look at it from like a merchandising standpoint, my, the segments I, were, I was in were so entertaining that people were always happy to see me, whether I'm being, whether I'm being a jerk or whatever, it was always entertaining. So people were happy to see me, uh, see me out there. So they were starting to react a little more favorably and uh, started to show, shine through. And the merchandise sales really speak for themselves, like uh, turning me into a good guy the amount of t-shirts that sold the t-shirt sales that happened after that were astounding. So, uh, well, and, and I believe that, for that reason, wise, it was a great decision. Well, there you go. And, and for, yeah, for that reason, I would say that it was absolutely a home run because what, what, no matter what side of the fence you were on, people wanted to see them some Dak Draper. And I know one of the things that I've noticed to be kind of a habit of yours is you like to shine the light on other guys and, and a guy that I know you always enjoyed working with and had a lot of chemistry with, uh, is a guy by the name of Niles Plunk. Uh, can you talk oh, to yeah. us a little bit about Niles Plunk, some of your experiences with him, and, uh, and maybe your thoughts about him overall, because I happen to be a, a huge fan of his uh, myself. Niles Plunk's great. He's a great wrestler, great guy, even a great winemaker. Um, he's, uh, he, I think he's been wrestling down in Texas a bunch lately, but I think he yeah. does such a great job of uh, – Everything he does uh, is how not is uh, it reminds you of a snobby, a snobby wine connoisseur. Like I, I never look <laughs> at Miles Plonk and think he's anything other than that. He's a consummate professional. 
I, uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm absolutely I love trying to get him on shows with me. I love being on shows with him. I love wrestling him. Yeah, the highest, of the, the best of things to say about Niles Plock. Well, I'll tell you what, a lot of fans in this area are going to be pissed off with me, Dak, but I think you need to take him out with you to the East Coast. And if he does make it out there anytime <laughs> soon, I think it'll be the it'll be the last time we see him. So if there's any room in the car out East, man, I, I think he deserves uh, to be under a bigger spotlight. He's such an absolutely tremendous performer. I, I knew you were going to have some great things to say about him. The other person I wanted to ask you about was somebody that you trained with when you were at the NWL. Obviously, you came in, you, you had some seasoning before you got here. I know you were working in Colorado and having uh, some success there as well. Um, but when you arrived to Kansas City, I know that you started working alongside, at the very least, a gentleman by the name of Derek Stone, who's very well respected oh, yeah. in this area. Can you talk to us a little bit about working with Derek Stone and kind of what makes him who he is? Um, I think a big thing with Derek Stone is uh, Derek Stone Derek Stone helped me so much. Derek Stone's one of those guys who uh, if you – Derek Stone's going to help you as much as you want to be helped, and I really wanted to be helped. I came – when I uh, moved to uh, Kansas City to work for NWL, I had come from a job where I was working 50 to 60 hours a week, so any time that I had off, was spent going to bookings and I was just tired. So I was so happy to have the opportunity to wrestle full time that, uh, and Derek was our coach that uh, I really used him as a, as a resource where physically, like I didn't take good care of my body. I didn't, I lifted weights and stuff and I looked good, but my flexibility was terrible. I could, I couldn't even touch my toes when I moved to uh, Kansas city and uh, Derek got me in such great shape physically and would just, there are moves that he uh, told me I should use that I use in Ring of Honor now. And uh, like my, uh, like my satellite power slam, that was Derek's idea that I should do that. And he saw Love me, that. he told me I should do that. The first, uh, first NWL training session. He told me, he's like, Hey, I think you should do uh he's like, I think you should do this power slam, but pick him up like a, like a sidewalk slam instead. And uh, just like little things like that. Derek has helped me out a ton. Uh, that, that, that's awesome. And I have one more, just one more question about NWL, and then we'll kind of move on to something else, if, that, if that's okay. Oh, of course. I think, the, I think the one thing that, that I personally wondered the most when we got the unfortunate news about what was happening with NWL was why. Um, do you, did you guys at any point feel, and, and I know they were like redoing the training center, and it was going to be like a venue for shows, which I thought was a great idea, and plus that, Dylan Pickle place right up, like, right right next to it was oh, right fantastic for, like, after parties. I, I thought it was all kind of, like, positioned to be successful, and the shows were starting to pick up steam, right, because you have that peak at the beginning, yep. and you have a lull, and then they start picking back up again. I was there for most of the shows, so I can speak to it. Did you guys yeah, I think every show? I think almost was, every show in 2018 was a sellout, pretty sure. See, that, that's – exactly, absolutely. Uh, after the initial peak – it kind of, you know, it always dies down on the second, third, fourth, fifth show. But after mm-hmm. the 10, 12, 15 show, it really started to pick back up again. Was there ever, like, a feeling or a nervousness in the office? Because I know you guys had an office downtown that you guys all worked out of. Was there ever writing on the wall or, like, a hint that maybe the two-year mark was kind of like, okay, here's where we're going to gauge what's going to happen moving forward? Or were you guys always under the impression that it was just going to be here and last? Because a lot of people – really uprooted themselves, and I think that's kind of the untold story. Jay Durden moves from St. Louis. He moved to Kansas City. You guys will remember him as Jack Foster. 
that Draper moved to Kansas City from Colorado, uh, being a guy from the coast and leaving beautiful scenery to come to Kansas City, no disrespect, but it's hard to do. Okay, the man's from Denver. <laughs> he moved from Denver to Kansas City. Great yeah, town, but it's hard to do. sunshine a year for those dream Yeah, winners. exactly, bro. It's, it's crazy. So, and I know my, my question's a little convoluted, but I think you know what I'm getting at. So, like, like where where did it turn? Like, do you know why? Were you guys ever told why? Was there ever, like, any hint as to, like, what what was happening that led to the eventual closing of NWL? Because I think that's something that a lot of people are still wondering about. So, uh, there was always kind of, there was always kind of a little bit of worry that it would go out of business. Um with the amount of money that was being spent, you could see, especially up front when uh, the vision wasn't as clear, when it was just, it was, it seemed like more of like money being thrown at a wrestling show. It was, uh, I don't know, you could, you could see a lot of red flags, but when it comes down to it, what they were doing, like giving guys health insurance, they were, they were uh, supplying right, free, Yeah, no one, had, no one had done that in the U.S. before, give, a, uh, give the right. wrestlers health insurance. And uh, all they took, they took care of the wrestlers so well with me, like just who was trying to make it like indie wrestling was, it was a no brainer for me to do. And I got so much better by doing it. But uh, I'd say the first, the first big red flag was when uh, I think some of the guys got fired. Some of the uh, full-time guys got uh, released from their contracts. And I think that was at the end of 2017 but after that happened, and a lot of was that like uh, was that too. like was that like like Mike Outlaw, and then like KLD? Yeah. It, was it some of those guys that? Okay, I think it was I think that. KLD, right? I think KLD left. KLD left uh, before he decided he missed. He didn't want to. He didn't want to be uh, an NWL full time wrestler anymore. He wanted to go back to St. Louis. He wanted to be with his family. I uh, think he had some right. family stuff going on and. Uh, Nothing bad, but uh, I think he uh, right. had some stuff going on. He wanted to be around for back home, so he decided to leave. Uh, I think in the summer of 2017. But yeah, I think it was November, December of 2017. Yeah, when uh, Blaine Meeks and Mike Outlaw, and I think a couple other guys got uh, let go from their full time contracts. It was uh, definitely like, oh, okay, we're on borrowed time. And when that happened, they moved the office to. Uh, they moved the office from downtown. So we didn't go to the downtown office very often. I would go there quite a bit because I was like the champion. I'd have to go film stuff. And, but right. for the most part, just the typical like average wrestlers wouldn't be down there very often. And so they moved the office to where the training center was, which was right by the chicken and pickle. And it was awesome. Everybody was there for uh, like the Regal twins would be there uh, making, creating content. Like we had some great YouTube videos that we put out like all the time. The concept yeah, of getting put out was so good. But I think the biggest mistake that NWL made was that they tried to just be a Missouri promotion, just a Missouri and maybe Kansas, like a promotion that stays kind of in our area. And I think the only way NWL could have made it is if uh, they used that budget and actually went for it. If they went on the road and had shows uh, up in Minnesota, Wisconsin, go out to Colorado, go out. Zach, oh, even yeah. Topeka yeah. in Oklahoma City, even Topeka in Oklahoma City would have been yep. – I, I agree with you completely. Uh, because the St. Louis thing in the beginning where it was like two brands, same company, like the concept was great because it was kind of like a traveling circus. And I know a lot of people in the pro wrestling world won't appreciate that, but let's remember where pro wrestling came from, ladies and gentlemen. 
I, I absolutely agree with you wholeheartedly, and I wish that had happened. Yeah, me too. It was. Uh, I really think that. Uh, I think we had a lot of good stuff going on, especially with NWL, and uh, I think NWL really hit its stride in the summer of 2017. And I think from I think they made a bad first impression with a lot of fans with the original shows, where just the vision wasn't completely hashed out yet, and uh, it came across to the fans, and so it turned a lot of people off. The name where it was called National Wrestling League instead of wrestling that turned people away, but uh, I think we really, if we just, I think there were some safe decisions made early on where I think they were made kind of as if like, okay, we're on borrowed time. Let's extend it as long as we can First, let's use what we have to try and uh, make this as big as possible. And, uh, but that's easy for me to say, I was just a wrestler, you know? So right. I wasn't making, I wasn't making the tough decisions, but as a wrestler, I was, I really wanted like NWL to go for it. And I don't feel like NWL ever really did go for it. And now not many people know what it was. And that's what happened. Right. You don't go and for and it. I'll tell you what, why word, I keep was, going for it in my life. Well, Dak, word was spreading. Uh, my buddy Joe here, uh, who we'll throw back to here in just a moment, he's a, a, a very well-known uh, referee out in the uh, West Virginia, Virginia, Baltimore, kind of that area where you are. And he oh, okay. heard, because they, they, as you know, there's an NWL out there as well, right? I mean, you've probably heard about it by now. They have their own NWL so. in that region. Oh, right. I'm, I'm, so, sure, so I'm sure there NWL is. I just probably haven't heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's like an East Coast uh, NWL. They've been around for a little while. Huh. But I remember Joe saying, hey, I'm hearing stuff in locker rooms about what you guys are doing back in KC. So it, it was definitely spraying by wildfire. And I, so I, I'll close out that whole part of it and then go to a caller by asking you this. After having gone through that experience, obviously you 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 were better for it. Um, I think you made some oh, yeah. great relationships. You're, you made some great relationships that'll probably last a lifetime. Is there any hard feelings or ill will towards like Major or Golf or or Matt or any of the people that were kind of like making the decisions? Do you, do you hold any grudges or do you have any any ill will or frustration towards any of those people who were really kind of like the decision makers? Or did you just kind of look at it as a learning experience and you were grateful for the whole thing? I'm curious. Oh, uh, I have no ill will. Um, I'm so thankful for – I'm so thankful that Major gave me the opportunity to uh, to wrestle full-time and to, like, just focus myself on uh, becoming the best wrestler I could be. Like, that's what I needed to be able to just get so dialed in and to really become the Mile High Magnum. It's like I said in my promo for uh, for Ring of Honor this weekend. Like, I – went from being a boy to a man. Like I became a professional in NWL. I, I realized what it was like to have to put a company on your back. And uh, I'm so thankful for those opportunities. Like major didn't have to hire me. Major didn't have to move me out here. And uh, major gave me the opportunity to, to improve myself. And uh, so I'm incredibly thankful to those guys. And Matt, Matt and Chris helped me so much. Chris was a, uh, Chris was so great with just like, I would run through a wall for Chris Goff. And I feel like, Anybody that worked in the NWL office at the end would say the same thing. Like Chris Goff was like our fearless leader and Matt Jackson helped me so much with uh, communication, with the way that I talked, with the way that I uh, did my interviews. Uh, he helped me to, uh, to just to communicate so well and to like really draw on real emotions that I felt. And uh, so all three of those guys helped me so much, made me so much better. So I have no ill will. <laughs> Dude, that, that's so dope. 
And, and I know a lot of people talk about pro wrestling and, and kind of the culture of it being somewhat toxic, and it definitely can be. For you to have gone through that and to, to talk about it and look back in the rear view and, and basically chalk it up as a positive experience, I think is, it speaks to your character. And, and, and I think people need to understand that sometimes you go through hard, uh, hard times uh, so, that you can, so that you can kind of raise yourself to another level. Sometimes it takes being down low so that you can get up to the mile high max. Oh. You get what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. At the, at the risk of being a little cheesy. <laughs> you know, cheesy's okay Well, I'll tell you what. Here's the beauty of the Wrestle Talk podcast. That you got some fans back here in the Midwest who have been waiting patiently. Unfortunately, we're going to have enough time for just one caller before I throw it back to Joe because we've got to respect Dak's time. We've only got a couple of minutes left, okay? We're going to bring on Sonny, who was one of the guys that bought the season pass and the whole deal for the NWL even back to the Metro days, and I, and I believe he might have even been at the last Metro show. So let's go ahead and bring him on. He's a loyal member of the WrestleTalk family, and I know he's very excited uh, to be able to get back on with Dak Draper. Sonny, welcome back to the show, man. What are your thoughts tonight, and uh, what questions do you have uh, for the MCW champ, baby, Dak Draper? Yeah, that's right. You better represent it for Dak, bro. Congre- hey, Dak, congratulations <laughs> on that MCW championship, man. And, uh, yeah, I know your time is valuable, and I do want to appreciate you for, th- you know, taking this call here. Um, yeah, dude, me and Renee, side by side, we went through it with Metro, and we went through it with NWL, and it's kind of like what Renee said, and not, to, not to go back on harsh times there. It was kind of kind of sucks how it ended. But overall, dude, my feeling on Dak Draper was is, and I don't, Dak, I don't know if you quite know this, but with Metro Pro, um, they would bring in guys – not just from the Midwest, but from around the world. I mean, and I don't want to go through names here, but just a couple names, Tommy Dreamer, Sonjay Dutt, Stevie Richards. So they would bring in names, but it would only be about once or twice a year. With you Mm -hmm. and with the whole NWL thing, you were a guy who came out who was flamboyant, who who got on the crowd, whether you were a heel or a face. And not only with that, you backed it up in the ring. And the matches you had with Wyatt, bro, I mean, I could still – I still watch them. I still watch some of them old w, NWL tapes. You used Me to too. kill it in I the ring. Too. I love those matches. <laughs> it's good yeah, stuff. exactly, man. And, 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 that's, and that's not to dis, discredit Jeremy Wyatt by any means. I would, I would call Wyatt like the modern-day Harley race. Like, Wyatt comes in. He kills it every time. He's in the main event spot, which he deserves. But he holds it down really mostly for the Midwest. Well, you, you came in, you were holding it down in Denver, you came in and held it down in Kansas City and St. Louis, and now you're out in Baltimore, out on the East Coast, doing it for Ring of Honor, and dude, I just want to say thank you from a wrestling fan for, for, for putting Kansas City on the map, being one of the guys to put Kansas City on the map in that NWL period, and you know, much praise to you, dude, and, and much blessings to your career from here on out, and uh, and I do want to end it off with a question here. Um me being originally from Philadelphia, I grew up in that ECW era. I grew up on a uh, wrestling felt different there than it did the Midwest. Uh, do you think that anything different would have happened with NWL if it was in, say, maybe Chicago or Philly or like a hotbed wrestling town like this? Because this is something that I always discuss with Renee. Kansas City, it draws fans to shows, but like even in the NWL, the beginning, it drew a lot of fans, and then it, you know, kind of slumped down. 
And it just doesn't feel like that there's that many diehard independent wrestling fans in Kansas City as compared to a, a major city like that. So do you think, like, maybe NWL went differently or got another year or two out of it if it was in a big major city like that? If it was, if it was in, especially if it was in a Chicago or a Philly, one of those cities where the crowd is, the Chicago crowd and the Philly crowd, those are tough crowds. I, I love working for those crowds, but they are, if they think you suck, they're going to tell you. I think if NWL became, if NWL from summer 2017 on debuted in Philly or Chicago, yeah, they'd be, it'd be bigger than it ever was in Kansas City. I think if, uh, they debuted the product that they debuted at the first Kansas City show, uh, it would have been worse. Because I think the Philly crowd and the Chicago crowd would have just eaten it alive. Where they had a lot of the kind of goofy characters on the first couple sh- on the first couple shows. A lot of the characters were like occupation based. There wasn't as big of a there wasn't as big of a uh, an emphasis on like good in ring wrestling. Um, I think the early NWL product would have done horrible in uh, in like Philly or uh, Chicago, I think the later NWL product would have done better there than it did in uh, Missouri. And also, Sonny, and, and, and hey, thank you. I uh, I appreciate your support too. Like the, uh, I do think the Missouri fans are uh, are so special. I think like they helped bring out what I needed to bring out in myself. Like I couldn't have done that without the uh, the fans here. That, that's so awesome. And, and I'll jump on uh, on kind of Sonny's bandwagon. By saying this, I think that rivalry that you had with Red Cloud, I think that would have held up in any market. Uh, with the haircut yeah. thing and all that stuff, all the beard, the, everything that you guys did, that was so memorable and so cool. And, and I just don't know if you guys realize that those are things that here locally we'll talk about forever. Uh, some of the stuff that you guys did just in that short period. And then, of course, all the Metro stuff because, you know, the fact that Chris was ballsy enough to let you guys – still have that one show to kind of close out all the storylines at Metro was incredible. And the fact that you had that match with Jeremy, um, I think just says about, it says everything that it needs to say about how much you guys love this market, because you didn't have to give that to us. Once the doors closed, you could be like, Hey, you know what? Let's pack it up. Everybody do what they need to do to kind of move on. But you, I think that show was for the fans. You were in the locker room. Any truth in that, 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 that show happened because it was like, like you guys kind of felt like, okay, we owe this to the fans, even if we all know that we're all going in separate directions after this. Like that show was for the fans. That show was for the wrestlers. That show was for Chris. That show was for Kansas city. Like that show was, I feel like there were just storylines that needed to be tied up. There were guys that had been in angles that were supposed to wrestle each other. There was supposed to, there was all this energy that needed to be uh, expelled. And uh, I think that show was so good for so many people. Like, I hope I hope that I get to wrestle Jeremy Wyatt for an hour someday. But uh, <laughs> if that's the last Gary time Jason I ever get to wrestle Jeremy Wyatt, I'd be happy with it. Yeah, Gary Gary J Gary J did it like six weeks ago. It was awesome. I was there. <laughs> I hate you, jealous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now let me do it. <laughs> All right, bet. All right. So last thing about that, and then uh, and then we'll close it out with Jones here. Joe, I don't know if we'll have time for the. Uh, the trivia deal, we'll have to do that next time with Dak when he's available. I, I do have a question about that, and then we'll leave it. Do you think, what do you think, Dak, fantasy booking would have happened if we would have got peak heel Dak Draper versus peak babyface 
Gil Rogers. Do you think, do you think that match would have ever happened? And if so, I know you're a little biased. How do you think it would have gone? Because we all know that the elephant in the room over there was what Gil Rogers were doing. Would you have been in favor of doing that match? And if so, how would you have booked it? Um, I think there were there were I I like Gil Rogers a lot. Um, I think there are a lot of guys that uh, there are guys like Devin Tom. There are guys like or he goes as Devin Thomas now, but Thorotario, uh, uh the Regal right. twins were great wrestlers too. Um, I think Gil uh, uh, Rogers and I had a match. Uh, my first uh, Kansas City Championship uh, defense was against Gil Rogers, and it was an all right match. Um, Gil Rogers. I think Gil Rogers did a great job getting the fans behind him. I think the fans love Gil Rogers as an underdog, and I think we could have had an an, uh, an okay feud. But uh, I think there were other guys that uh, that fit with me that fit feuding with Dak Draper a little bit better. Uh, guys like your Red Cloud, guys like uh, Devin, your really really uh, intense baby faces. Where Gil Rogers is more of like. He's he's gonna do he's gonna do what he he's gonna do what he thinks is right, but uh, right. guys like a red cloud who's gonna get pissed off and he's gonna kick your ass if you push him too far. Well, I think I really mesh with those guys a lot better. Awesome. Well, and I appreciate the honest answer because that was something that we all kind of were always wondering about. But obviously, and no disrespect to Steven, who's a, a fantastic individual, he's always been real great to us. Oh yeah. Uh, when, when you're when you're talking about you know, seeing the highest level of athletes competing against each other, I think that that's kind of what the fans are craving for now, more so than even sometimes the story stuff. So yep. I love the fact that we got to see that. And the fact that you are getting to face uh, some of the very best in the world today, uh, it makes me excited. And I'm wondering when we're going to see, like, a Ken Dixon, Dak Draper match maybe down the road. I don't know. Joe, I know these names are all familiar to you because you're right down the road from MCW, man. Do you have any final questions or thoughts uh, for the Mile High Magnum, Dak Draper? I do. I have one final question. I don't know if we've actually even gotten into this question or not, but, uh, you know, you've been doing a lot of things in uh, uh, Ring of Honor, and on Saturday, February 29th, you get the opportunity to go for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship, and you face a guy by the name of Dragon Lee. How is Dak Draper going to, going to go into this match against Dragon Lee? Oh, the same way I go into every match. Uh, I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to control what I can control. I, I think I am a top-level athlete. I know that Dragon Lee is, and uh, I think we're going to have a, a great match, and... Uh, if I was a betting man, I would definitely be betting on the Mile High Magnum walking out of there with the uh, Ring of Honor World Television Championship in St. Charles in front of tons and tons of Mile High Magnum fans. Oh, my goodness. Gonna was be that a- not awesome, Renee? Dude, that, that would be awesome. And let me say this. And, and Dak, I, I'd love to have you back again because I think there's so much stuff we could cover. You guys have some big shoes to fill because I followed Shane Taylor's run as the TV title uh, to close uh-huh. out 2019, and I think that was one of the coolest runs. Uh, shout out to the Rev Ron Hunt, who's also a member of the Wrestle Talk family. We love you, Rev. You are the freaking man, baby. Uh, but that run that Shane had was something special, and now to see you and Dragon Lee 
take that belt to a whole nother level, dude, that's super duper exciting. But just know you guys got some big shoes to fill because the TV title was hot to close out 2019. I'm sure you guys agree with that. Oh, yeah, and it's only going to get hotter. Dude, last question for me, Dak, and then we'll let you go. We'll do the trivia next time you come on. I've heard rumors, and I've seen the promos. Here's my final question of the night. Do you think that interviewer Quinn McKay might have a crush on you? Because anytime you do a promo and you move the pecs, she gets quite uncomfortable. Is there any chance that she might have her eye on you, Dak Draper? You know, I watched some of the interviews interviews back, and uh... – I can definitely see Quinn McKay looking at my uh, pecs when I like to bounce them like uh, like they're two steaks. Like she's looking at me like I'm like I'm a big piece of meat. And uh, I appreciate the I appreciate the attention. I uh, also uh, I enjoy uh, being around her too. So uh, who knows? Maybe there's something there. Hey. <laughs> with the Wrestle Talk Podcast, let me tell you. You never know what's going to happen. You're damn right. Well, let me do this. Before we let you go, let me remind everybody that Dak Draper is with Ring of Honor. He's with MCW, and he's with all of you guys that support him at the Mile High Magnum on Twitter. And if you haven't been on the Twitter machine recently, just follow Dak Draper. He will give you plenty of reason to do so. Recently, he was like, skateboarding or gliding over the Rocky Mountains or something. I don't know. You you went viral, bro. Jump, jump the nuts. Grand Canyon like, on a skateboard is phenomenal. <laughs> Dude, it was freaking – Dex Draper was like, somebody make a meme of me, like, skateboarding or flying over the Grand Canyon and what it took, like, 15 minutes, and they already had, oh. like, memes all over, all over the place. Yeah. It was uh, – so I uh, – so Eric Cannon, uh, Eric Cannon uh, – People should know of Eric Cannon, the wrestler. He, yeah, uh, he's based on the Midwest. A, we love Eric, man. He's a good dude. Oh, yeah. He's been a great advocate of mine, and he's really uh, – he's helped me out a lot. And uh, him and I were wrestling in uh, Minnesota. I love going up there for uh, first wrestling. We're wrestling in Minnesota, and I, I jumped over him. And in the picture, it looks like I'm, like, it looks like I'm doing an ollie over him, <laughs> but there's just no skateboard. It's just somebody photoshopped it into me doing an ollie over the Grand Canyon. It was perfect. That's right. And if you guys want to see oh, this picture again, it's at Mile High Magnum on Twitter. For those of you guys on the Facebook Live, you can see, like, the original picture of him jumping over Eric Cannon and then uh, the one that our buddy uh, Cheeses of Nazareth, that's Cheeses, C-H-E-E-S-E-S <laughs> of Nazareth on Twitter. There's handle. the picture, guys. Mile High Magnum, there's one last thing that we got to beg you for, man. Please promise that you'll join us again very, very soon, and you got to hit us with one of those, those that, that that catchphrase that every they, they either love it or they hate it. Zach Draper, when you say it, people either cheer you or boo you. So before you go, you got to hit us with that. So are you coming back, and can you hit us with the catchphrase so we can hit that music and close out the show? All right, you can take my word that I'll be back. And if you don't believe me that I'm going to be back on the Wrestle Talk podcast, then shame on you. Ladies and gentlemen, That's that brings us to the end of episode 287. Enter Timmy, cue up Dak Draper's theme song that we played the intro him. What an absolute honor and a pleasure. Again, guys, that's at 
Mile High Magnum on Twitter. We are the WrestleTalk Podcast at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Grab you a mug. Guaranteed to make your beer take step, taste 17% better. It's scientifically proven. We got the stats. You know how we do. Josie, say goodnight. Let's close out the show, baby. Peace. Thanks, thanks for coming on, Dex. It's the music! Till next week.